Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Waco Real Estate Today with Nathan Embry. Sponsored by Kelly Realtors. I'm sitting here with Bobby Horner. He's the public information specialist with the city of Waco. And it's time for another Horner's Corner. Bobby, what's new? Well, we got a lot to talk about, uh, Nathan. Uh, I'm just going to start and go down the list. Uh, some of these I'm, I've probably mentioned in the past, but uh, I'm going to go over them again. The big one is Amazon. Uh, one of the things that people have asked us, when are they opening? When are they opening? The, uh, the building itself is finished. They ha- ha- do have a TCO, which is called a Temporary Certificate of Occupancy, for their office area. So the office staff is there getting everything set up. The, uh, according to our building official, they're going to start doing like a floor by floor TCO starting at the top. I think it's the fourth floor and working their way down as they get this, uh, conveying equipment all online. And, uh, then when all four floors are done, the office, all of that, uh, then they'll get a full certificate of occupancy. This is a pretty typical for any large projects. Uh, so, uh, anyway, we will, uh, that is coming. And it was interesting. I was talking to our billing official a while back when he was out there. He says, I think I counted 800 trailer spaces out there. (laughs) So there's going to be a lot of trucks and traffic out there. Yeah. So that one, uh, that one is, uh, coming, uh, that will be, uh, I think it'll be good to see a lot of, a lot of employment opportunities there. I think they, Started out with a thousand that they were going to hire, and it may be up to fifteen hundred or more on peak peak season. So, that is going to be a big plus in our uh, industrial uh, district. Uh, some of the other projects, uh, one that I'm particularly interested in, and, and have some uh, personal investment in, out at McLennan Community College, uh, the art center used to be in the old uh, Cameron House. And about 2017, the Cameron House, they had to close it down due to some uh, structural issues and all. And MCC was facing the possibility of maybe tearing it down because they just didn't have the funds to keep it up. Well, uh, my personal interest is, I thought, now we've already had lost two Cameron Houses here over the years, and uh, we can't lose a third one. So I started talking with MCC probably four years ago, and then earlier this year I went back and talked to them. Fast forward, we have a, uh, a private donor that has stepped forward, and this private donor is going to uh, donate $2.5 million, and then they are going to match 
the rest of it, whatever funds are raised through fundraising efforts, which is started, uh, this donor is going to match dollar for dollar uh, for the renovation of the MCC. They're going to be using for their foundation offices. There's going to be the outdoor where there used to be the pool. If you remember that, that's going to be like places for wedding receptions. And then some of the offices, foundation offices, are going to be there. And the other cool thing about it is they are going to have part of it, mainly on the second floor, uh, things that have to do with the, with the specific history of Waco. And it could, it could be the Native American history all the way through, you know, all the, what the Camerons have done and all of that. So there's a lot of neat things that are going to be happening with that, with that site out there. But the house is going to be saved, which is, and I'm going to work on, uh, try to get that on the lo- at least the local historic designation out there due to the history of the family and the importance that the family had with Waco. And that's out at MCC, MCC on yes. campus? The former art center out there. And it was donated by the Cameron family? Well, it was, it, the, it was William Waldo Cameron, the son of William Cameron. That was his summer home. And actually, I believe it was a, a, a wedding gift to his mm. wife. And it's not, actually, it's not the first home that was there, though. The, this one was built probably about 1922, somewhere in there. The first one was about 1907. It was more of a Cape Cod-looking house, and I think it maybe have burned. Uh, but the site is known or was known as Valley View, and so you could obviously see down the Bosque River Valley in that area. So it's really it's going to be really nice when it gets oh, cool. gets refurbished. Okay, let's uh, let's go on down with some other projects here. Uh, of course, back down to Mary Avenue, that is continuing to be developed with. Uh, the AC Hotel, the Hyatt Place, I believe, is back, uh, back in the running again. Embassy Suite. So there'll be three hotels down along Mary Street in that area. Uh, Mary and, and Ma- University Parks. Mary, yeah, from University Parks on back south. Uh, and so that whole area, that whole section of Mary, is going to be uh, be developing. So. Uh, and the other thing, just as a side note, speaking of, of Mary, another thing I have a particular interest in, as do a lot of people, is I'm still holding out hope that the old uh, Cotton Belt Rail Bridge, the abandoned one, will be refurbished. And with all the things going on with the riverfront now uh, that wasn't going on back five or six years ago when they were talking about all this, I'm really hoping that this bridge can be turned into, they were trying to get it like the High Line in New York. If they expand it, they put uh, maybe some kiosks there, uh, places to walk from one side of the river to the other. There'll be developed, hopefully, a park on one end, and then maybe, who knows, maybe some food trucks, another plaza area. Uh, and if, you know, if the uh, Performing Arts Center, which has been talked about, uh, happens, you know, all of that's going to be down between the interstate and Franklin. So there's going to be a lot developing. So I think there's going to be some opportunities uh, and a lot of people have done a lot of work on that bridge, just looking at it, the structural integrity, what can be done, what can't be done. So uh, I'm really holding out a lot of hope. I think something, and it ties right into Mary Avenue with all this going on. Yeah, that so, seems like a great idea. So yeah. th- the, that bridge is over the Brazos. Yes. It's next to the suspension bridge, but not the suspension bridge. Right. It's an old, it's a railroad line. Yeah, the Cotton Belt Railway. Okay. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, do you know... 
who owns it or whether in the talks with the city or where they are, is it just yes, rumored? Yes, City Center Waco owns it. City Center Waco. And they have been, yes, they have been in talks with the city and things like that. Good. So uh, stay tuned on that one. I'm excited that's exciting. to see, yeah, that's see cool. about that. Uh, let's go on since we're downtown. Uh, if anybody hasn't been down to the uh, Twisted Sister Bar, the patio, they have the patio on the backside now, two-story patio with swings, really a cool little hangout. Uh, so uh, if it's down there at uh, you know, really right behind uh, Fuzzy's Tacos. So uh, cool little place, a neat little addition to uh, to that business. And, again, that's a business they're trying to encourage. The city is trying to encourage a lot of your businesses to, to have at least some storefronts on Mary because they want to develop you know, Mary. And, of course, the hotels will have – access to Mary Street. So there's a lot of neat things. Uh, I'm not saying it'll be a sixth street like Austin, but it's going to, who knows, you know, it's going to be, we're trying to develop it as kind of a, as an entertainment uh, thoroughfare. Uh, Let's see, what else we have going on here? We've got uh, uh, Black Rifle Coffee. It's supposed to be doing a a store out at Creekside out there by where uh, uh, Top Golf is. And I think they're looking at a side out there. Okay. Black Rifle Coffee. Uh, and that's where Willie's Bar and Grill is supposed to also go out there. So some of those pad sites that are along behind, you know, right in front of Top Golf and all, are starting to be purchased for development. So uh, you'll see some construction going on. I think that one under construction now is is Willie's and it's going in out there. Mm-hmm. So that whole area is continuing uh, to develop. Uh, let's see, Fish City Grill is out being put in out at Legends Crossing there on Highway Six and the Interstate. So that's just another restaurant that will go in out in uh, in that area. Uh, Shorty's Pizza, uh, we've got another Shorty's Pizza going in on Hewitt Drive. And so I know Shorty's is a very popular hangout over near Baylor. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're getting a second one out there over in my neck of the woods. Okay. So that'll be, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but <laughs> it's too easily available. Yeah. <laughs> Where at on Hewitt Drive? Do you know? uh, it's the uh, La Village Square oh. right there in that area. Okay. Uh, so uh, I think where Van American runs into Hewitt Drive, just basically on kind of on the opposite side of it over there. So that's that is under development. I'm sitting here with Roy Nash. He's the president and CEO of NeighborWorks Waco. How you doing, Roy? Very good. Thanks, Nathan. Thanks for being here. Tell me what is NeighborWorks Waco? You know, NeighborWorks Waco is a not-for-profit organization that was uh, started in Waco back in 1993. So August 1st, we'll begin our 30th year uh, in, in operation. And we're an organization that essentially the bottom line is we help families purchase their first home. And we do that uh, by education, counseling with families, assisting them with down payment, closing costs, credit repair, and so forth, whatever it takes to help a family or an individual buy their first home. That's our key key ingredient there. And uh, uh, we pride ourselves in the fact that we also build new homes. Uh, we remodel homes on occasion. Uh, we lease homes. We have a portfolio of leased properties, about 130 now, I believe. And we treat those as incubators so that families that lease a home from us, we hope they're in the mind to someday become a homeowner and they can either buy that home or they can buy any home anywhere and we will let them break their lease 
to buy their first home, wherever that is. But uh, we're going to help them, whatever it takes. If they're of a mind to wanting to become a homeowner, we're going to help them get there. Great. And so there's a lot in there that I want to pack in a second, but let's back up to before 1993 or tell us a little bit about your background, where you're coming from and why you're a good fit for this role. Oh, wow. Wow. So I'm a, a born and raised in Waco and a graduate of Baylor University with a degree in business. And uh, when I went through the testing there at, at Baylor when I was a sophomore, an English professor pulled me inside and said, Nash, you're, you're spinning your wheels. You need to find out where you're going. So I took this uh, aptitude test, and, and by golly, it said you would be a really good fit for a nonprofit organization. Mm. And uh, so I did that. I went to work uh, for a chamber of commerce, believe it or not. And for the Waco Chamber? No, small town East Texas. Uh, both Kaufman and Mount Pleasant. I was okay. the chamber manager in both those communities back in the 70s, if you will. Was anything <laughs> going on in Kaufman in the Kaufman, in the 70s? well, we were a growing little burg on the way to Cedar Creek Lake yeah. coming from, from Dallas. Yeah. And uh, Mount Pleasant was a happening place. Now, we had the distinction while I was the chamber manager there, we, we landed Texas's first Walmart located in mount pleasant really Texas. yep yep and uh, while i was there too we built a civic center it's still standing going strong today and uh, a neat little town up in the piney woods um uh, txu had a power plant coal mining operation going on out mm -hmm. there in in the mount pleasant area so nice uh, anyway but my dad pulled me aside one day and said son you know, we've got this family business that's been in, in Waco since 1890 and uh, started by my great-grandfather and then my grandfather and then my father. And he said, son, we need you in the business. And uh, I said, well, Dad, I don't know a whole lot about, you know, construction and so forth. He said, well, we're going to teach you. So, uh, so I did that for 10 years, worked at the family's wholesale building material business at 1600 franklin yeah. avenue and uh, dad was also building roof trusses and after a year or two i said dad why don't we start building uh, wall panels and we can put that whole uh, package together and uh, build a, a panel panelized home and we did that we could erect a home with all the framing and even put the decking and felt on do that in one long day from seven to seven four-man crew we could put a house together and and it's ready for all the the plumbing and electrical and so forth from that point and uh, so learn the the construction business we had over 15,000 items that we sold at Nash Robinson so sort of got to know product lines if you will and um, putting everything together yeah and so on Franklin, doesn't that building, uh, was it a, a lumber yard or something? Yeah, and it yeah. says Nash. Nash, yeah. That's Robinson. us. That's wow. us. That's us. Yeah. Cool. So, I had no uh, idea. Yeah. So we sold that back in uh, about 10 years ago, I guess. You sold the real estate or the company? Stole the ever? real estate, yeah. And uh, so, you know, the building, since, since the business, since we were wholesalers, you know, it was like all the real uh, retails in, in hardware and lumber and so forth, they're all buying direct from, from the plant, you know? And, uh, so, so our business, there was a sign on the wall that said we didn't, didn't have much longer to survive. And, uh, certainly. So I 
looked around back in the early 90s and, and said, uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this job in Temple managing the Home Builders Association. So I uh, stayed there for 10 and a half years before somebody tapped me on the shoulder and told me about this opening at NeighborWorks. Because mm. uh, when I ran the association, I didn't get to build homes. But now coming to NeighborWorks, we get to build homes and be very creative about how we build homes and help families to afford to buy those homes uh, right here in Waco in the or the greater Waco area uh, where we build. Sure. Cool. Is is it a city organization? It's a standalone nonprofit, but you par- probably partner with the city and the county, or how, what does that look like? Well, we do. We partner with, with the city of Waco and other cities that we do business in, Temple, Colleen, and so forth, uh, and municipalities around uh, Waco. Like uh, we were, in fact, we were in uh, um, up in Hillsboro yesterday, and uh, the city of Cossie wants us to come look at their community to see how can we uh, get affordable housing in downtown Cossie. <laughs> you know, so uh, we're in a time where it's becoming it's going to be tough for housing affordability, and everybody's wanting to know where do we go from here. Uh, to, to make housing affordable. So are these different <clears throat> branches? Like, is it NeighborWorks Cossie or is it NeighborWorks Waco <laughs> working in Cossie? Yeah, we're, we're, you might as well think of us just as NeighborWorks Central Texas. I mean, we happen to have Waco after our name, but that's only because that's where we're our domiciled here in, okay. in Waco. But we, we uh, say that we work an eight-county area. We can uh, service any of those counties help them where they're needed, and, and so forth as we go from there. Now, in our lending program, they, we can go statewide, help anybody uh, with, with a loan in, in Texas uh, with the uh, companies, the lending companies that we uh, represent. And by the way, we also are, are just started doing USDA loans. We're the only nonprofit in Texas that um, uh, can do USDA loans. And uh, so, and that's, pretty important because their interest rates are just about as low as you can go. Okay. So let's, let's talk more about this lending situation. Uh, especially first time home buyers. Uh, most people need a loan of some sort and you guys are a one-stop shop. It sounds like, how do y'all help with the loan process or what does that look like? Well, we want families to get the best loan they can get, whatever that is. If we've got that loan form, get it from us. If another Lender has the best product that, that works for them, get it from them. We want them to get the best. But what they're going to get from us first is we're going to walk them through, and we don't tell anybody no, absolutely no. It's, it maybe is not yet. Uh, so we're going to help families get there one way or the other if they want to get there. So if it means improving your credit, if it means you're needing a little more down payment, we're going to help them with whatever they need, maybe more education, and so forth. So, uh, but if, if, if a customer qualifies for another lender and, and they like that product, absolutely go for it. Now, let me add one thing. Uh, you know, the mortgage insurance is something we don't really care a whole lot of, about. If you're putting uh, too low of a down payment down, some uh, lenders charge you a, a mortgage insurance. It might run $50, $100 a month. Well, that doesn't help that buyer at all. That's not helping to build his his or her equity in that home. It's just payment to an insurance company uh, that doesn't benefit them really at all other than helping them to qualify for that mortgage. So we tend to steer people away from that mortgage insurance premium products that have those. 
how do you compare to a normal mortgage originator that they could go in town? What are y'all doing different? Are you, you keep saying the product that we have, what product do you have that's different than what they have? Well, so we represent several mortgage, uh, big mortgage companies like uh, Flagstar, Sierra Pacific. Uh, those are two uh, biggies that we represent. So we're brokers for them. And so we're basically uh, whatever products they have, uh, we make available then to our clientele. Uh, we can also do a few in-house loans, uh, limited capital, but we do a lot of second lien notes. Now, most lenders don't do any second liens. And the, the second lien mortgage is to help with the down payment and closing cost. And uh, we can do those all day long. And, hmm. uh, and it, it really helps the buyer when they are a little short of money, uh, but yet have good huh. credit uh, to get into a good loan. And your <clears throat> origination fees and, and the rates are comparable to what's in the market outside? Absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to be pretty comparable yeah. uh, in our origination fees. Cool. So another thing I picked up, you said uh, you help families or individuals get, uh, you said buy their first house in leasing. We can break that up a little bit, but what do these families or these individuals look like? Who's the case study that you see come across your desk a lot? What's your wheelhouse? Yeah, so we can help really any family, uh, particularly uh, middle income, but we pride ourselves in, in uh, assisting lower income where we can. Now, not as low as, let's say, a Habitat for Humanities customer. Those are the very low income. We, we typically... Uh, refer them to Habitat, if you will. But if you're low, moderate income, and uh, um, we can help you get started with your quest to become a, a homeowner. And what? it might not be instant. You know, it might take a year or two to help build your credit, help build your down payment and so forth, uh, and even to find the right house for you. So what's the range when you say moderate income? What's the range <clears throat> that you see a lot? Yeah, so, so we're helping probably families that are around 80% of the area median income and above typically. So if you're below 80% of the area median income, you're going to be lower income and you're going to need probably some kind of assistance uh, through a government program or, of some sort. Um, and, and we help with those. Uh, we're a CHODO, Community Housing Development Organization, through HUD and the city of Waco, and so we build homes in that program, and so the city can come in then with HUD funding and do essentially a grant to offset the cost of housing um, through uh, Chodo Homes. And like I say, we, we build them, not too many, but we build a few of them. And uh, you have to be 80% or below of the area median income to qualify to buy a home like that. What is that number, either the 80%? <laughs> Or we can do the math together. Well, let's say uh, for a family of four, last time I checked, it's probably going to be a little under fifty grand uh, that you cannot go over as a family income. Okay. So you can see that's fairly low in yeah. today's today's numbers. Okay. And you're going to have to have a subsidy to make it work, a pretty significant subsidy from from the city of Waco. Money coming from housing and urban development. That's the grant you're talking about. Yes. Mm -hmm. Housing and Urban Development, or HUD. And the city is in charge of making that decision of, of who gets that subsidy? Well, we pick the customer, but they have to approve them. Oh, 
And uh, so, yes, uh, the city city housing department uh, has to do the approval on the clients. Of each individual? Each family in that program or so, so individual. That, so it probably goes to a department head at the city and they approve it? or Absolutely, their housing department. Mm. <clears throat> so let's advance the story. Let's say you've got a family of four. Um, they've got the loan worked out with you or someone else, and they want to build a home here in town or mm-hmm. Cossie or wherever. <laughs> we uh, hadn't built any in Cossie yet. So. <laughs> or Hillsborough. So what's your next step? You, you got them qualified. <laughs> do, you, do you have land that you're you had in a little land bank? We, or do you say go find a Well, lot? we do have some land. and uh, But sometimes customers will come to us with their land. And uh, the challenge there, let me just tell you, we've, we've made a decision recently to hold off on building custom homes because – most custom home builders today are doing that as a cost plus with the increase of everything that's going up, labor and materials and so forth. We've, we've, the last four homes we built were custom and we, 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 we sort of got burned a little bit because we didn't have clauses in there to be able to go up on prices over the three, four, five, six months it took to uh, build that, build that home out. And consequently, we, we had to eat some of the what would be a profit margin uh, for us on those homes. So because of that, in today's market, uh, we're tending to build more speculative homes, uh, you know, build them outright and then offer a selection for uh, clients to, to select from. So is your organization building the homes? Or are you sub, subbing it out to... We build. You build it. We have a construction manager, and, and we subcontract most of the, the labor, uh, but we build them. We build mm-hmm. them. We've probably built uh, 180 homes uh, in Waco in the last um, 30 years or 25 years, actually. So you work with folks who need a lot or have their own lot. You'll still work with them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and we don't get too many that already have their own lot if it is. It's usually something out in the country or one of the suburban uh, communities and so forth. We're doing one right now in Robinson, uh, but we've done in uh, Riesel and other places around the, the county uh, where they come to us with their own land. And you, do you have plans for them to choose from, or maybe <clears throat> they design their own plan and you say, just pick one and we'll build it? Well, we like to help with the design process of the home, uh, and we have... Uh, um, uh, our CFO, uh, Karen Salcedo actually does most of the design work for us. Uh, we have the software, uh, the equipment and so forth to put the designs together and, uh, we can take one of our existing, uh, designs and modify it, uh, to the customer's satisfaction. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Yeah. A minute ago, you were talking about the, your cost plus mm-hmm. situation and you got burned on a couple of these last ones. Do you still see today, I know this is all new with the rates recently going up and continue to going up, but the, the costs for materials and labor, is it still difficult today or is, it, is that kind of slowing down a little bit and steadying out? I think the increase in material costs and labor is slowing down, but it's still increasing. Oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah. So some materials might have, have reached their, their potential uh, high point for a while. I don't think labor has because labor is such in, in short supply. And uh, and certainly the housing in general, it, availability of housing is in short supply. So that 
the old demand and supply is dictating the fact that, hey, costs aren't, they might modify a little bit, but they're not going down significantly anytime soon. So, What are you hearing about infill lots in Waco? Are there still plenty? Are we running out? Or what's your thought on that? Well, here's the deal with infill lots from my viewpoint. You know, we used to get infill lots from the city of Waco. We could buy those for as little as $500 a piece, a mm-hmm. lot ready to build on. $500. It was probably five, six years ago, maybe seven years ago. And now they've, they've slowly been increasing in price. And what we're seeing is investment companies. I mean, most of us have, have received calls from these investors wanting to know if we'll sell our home. Well, they're doing that with lots uh, big time. They're going through the appraisal district uh, sites and, and finding vacant lots and sending out letters and so forth. And so what we're seeing is investors have all of a sudden snapped up those lots. Well, that's created a shortage, even though we might have a thousand lots still in East Waco, uh, they're owned by investment companies or, or either, uh, builders that build, uh, in volume. Uh, and we're seeing some of that uh, around mm-hmm. Waco now. So in fact, homes in general, from what I've, uh, read through a, a Harvard study recently, uh, shows that I believe 30% of available single family homes have been bought, bought by investors over the last few years. And you know what that does to the to the market when you have other folks coming in and buying up things, it puts pressure to increase prices because you're running out of the of the good homes. So before you could buy a lot maybe for five hundred bucks, it's crept up. What is it now? Just gut reaction. What are you seeing these little lots being sold for? Yeah, now? it's not unusual to see lots in the twenty, thirty thousand. Some are asking more than that. We tend to not want to pay that much for them. We'd rather buy them closer to 15000 would still be a good buy for us uh, today. But, yeah, some of those are going into the 20s and 30s and above. Uh, in Even in the lower cost, typical lower cost areas of, of Waco and surrounding communities. A lot of folks are moving here. The job market is strong here in Central Texas, especially in Waco. <laughs> Uh, the supply is low, the demand is high. What is that doing to the overall cost of housing? Well, you know, it's sending it um, really what I've never used the word skyrocket in Waco. We've always been sort of a moderately, moderately increasing over the years. And now all of a sudden we're seeing some, you know, when they go up uh, uh, 10, 15, 20% and above over a year or two period, to me, that's a skyrocketing cost for Waco, Texas, and uh, we're seeing that. And it's 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 making it tough for for first time home buyers to get in that market for the first time uh, with those prices. And why is that? Because uh, it requires probably several reasons. It requires more down payment, uh, and the note is higher, payments higher. All these things is that right? Insurance, taxes. You got to add all that in there. Yeah. Yeah, And then, you know, just uh, the appraisal. Uh, I think most of the appraisals are coming in okay, but, uh, you know, the appraisers have to compare with recent sales to justify that new, new cost. And uh, they don't always hit the mark, but, but they understand the market, I think, as we're seeing it today. So uh, five years, we talked about 10, 15, 20%, but let's put it in a, in a dollar figure. 
So five years ago, if we wanted a, a starter mm -hmm. home, we we're probably looking at what, 110, 150. Exactly. Uh, we probably had some homes we were selling might've not been brand new, but some we had built previous and we were selling for 110. Uh, and now those same homes are well over two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, it's Man, a shame. This makes yeah. it tough. Yeah, it's a shame, and and it's, you know, I've always known that that new home construction sets the tone for the prices of existing homes. So if it costs you, you know, anywhere from uh, one hundred sixty-five dollars a square foot up to two hundred dollars a square foot to build a home. Well, then the, the used homes, if you will, the existing homes are going to be a high percentage of that number because they're going to stay up right below the cost of, mm. of new construction based on what kind of shape they're in, obviously. You're, cl you're clearly passionate yeah. about home ownership, uh, especially first-time home buyers. Tell me more about why that's important mm. to you and why that's your cause. Well, for you know, as a nonprofit organization and part of our mission, is to help families gain financial security. Well, what is one of the best ways to gain financial security is to own your own home. I mean, just like what we're seeing in the market today, uh, folks who owned a home already are now seeing their equity appreciation in their home grow tremendously, where, you know, even a lower income family, all of a sudden now they might have forty, fifty thousand dollars of equity profit if you will built into that home now they unless they borrow against that they don't get to access that right away but that's money that's in that family that can be passed on from generation to generation and owning your own home also gives you the security of assuming you had a fixed mortgage payment which those are the ones that we recommend fixed for 30 years your payment is only going to go up the amount that insurance and taxes go up, which hopefully is going to be not as major as as if you were a renter, uh, you're going to be paying a whole lot more probably for your rent uh, because of all the increases uh, connected with, with rental property. So uh, it's much better to be a homeowner and build wealth. I mean, somebody said a long time ago, the wealth of our nation is in the homes that we own. And that is so true, so true. Uh, you can see the stock market wavering from time to time. You know, if you had that same investment in real estate, you're going to be gaining wealth uh, through your real estate investments. If you, if you bought right, you bought the right home, and so forth. You can find me on social media if you search for Nathan Embry, CCIM. My website where you can see my listings is kellyrealtorscommercial.com. Waco Real Estate Today is produced by Rogue Media Network. You can find more of their podcasts at roguemedianetwork.com. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.